Hey, uh, thank you, Terry, for that, uh, that question. It's an important uh, question, obviously. As I indicated earlier, that um, uh, because I wanted to get uh, County of Newell back into the Medicine Hat riding, that means the County of, of Cardston and, and the County of Warner will now go into the Bow River if that's accepted by the Commission. And then the Bow River riding would run north uh, up through the MD of Tabor and uh, uh, up north to uh, almost uh, Chestermere. <clears throat> and so um, that would make the riding and um, and then of course then there's the Lethbridge riding in itself is, is the city of Lethbridge and the uh, MD of Lethbridge. Or the, is it MD or county? The county of Lethbridge. So that would be one riding. And and it's basically all trying to get to that magic number of uh, 107 plus or minus 5%. And, um, and uh, that was part of uh, Jim Hillier's presentation, is to get Cardston and Warner into that riding, in, into the Bow River riding. And, and that way, is certainly, uh, it's basically trading County of Newell for, for uh, uh, Warner and Cardston and roughly the same populations. And... Part of his rationale, of course, was the city of Medicine Hat has 60% of, of the, the current suggested by the commission population. So um, his, his concern, and uh, certainly a lot of the, the mayors, as I understand, from around here in the smaller communities were concerned that the Medicine Hat would get all the attention of the, the member of parliament. And um, <clears throat> so by moving the county of Carson, the county of Warner, into the Bow River. There's a lot of smaller communities along through there, and so there would be no one major city who would be um, sort of demanding the attention of, of the member of parliament. Is that... Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. John Nightingale. Thank you very much for your overview and the um, uh, sort of an insight into the new uh, federal boundaries. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, as somebody who voted in the city of Lethbridge during the last federal election, um, I was naturally uh, disappointed by the outcome. And frankly, I was somewhat ashamed when Lethbridge made national headlines with the so-called man who wasn't there. And in my opinion, if the boundaries that are being proposed by the Electoral Commission were in place two years ago, then we could well have had a different situation in the city of Lethbridge. And certainly the man who wasn't there would have had to have been there in order to justify his policies to the city, the, the people of Lethbridge. Now, <clears throat> in the past, it's my, it's my belief that the city of Lethbridge, an urban center, has been unfairly compromised by the rural electorate, of which included, of course, Cardston and... Uh, uh, the various small towns of which you've just referred to. I say this with respect to the rural communities, but the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, urban citizens are in many cases mutually exclusive from the principles and the desires of people living in a rural environment. So it is my opinion, again, and desire that these new boundaries, that Lethbridge would become virtually an urban riding. I believe the new riding of Lethbridge, County of Lethbridge, would be about 105,000, which in my opinion would be acceptable. 
it would reflect better the aspirations and the desires and the philosophy of the urban centre of Lethbridge, which is a slowly growing population and a very diversified population. So what I am driving at here is that I believe that it's to Lethbridge's advantage to have and stand by these new boundaries that are proposed by, by the Commission. I, I do tend to agree regarding the rural distribution that Cardston being incorporated into Medicine Hat doesn't make a lot of sense. But if it is incorporated into the um, Bow, Bow River riding, um, including the other smaller communities, the Mormon Trail, I believe, is how Mr. Hillier likes to describe it, um, it would get my vote. So thank you for uh, listening, and uh, um, let's hope these proposals come to play. Thank you. Okay, uh, thank you, John. It's, uh, it's interesting because I think you uh, touched on something that quite often we hear is that the uh, rural ridings have different interests than the urban. And there, there's a lot of truth to that. Now, um, I might take some exception to that. And when I think about the Lethbridge or Medicine Hat, there's a lot of businesses in there who look after rural ridings. And I'm thinking more in terms of the, the farming and the ranching and all the businesses that might be there. So uh, there is some sort of connection, I think. It just depends on uh, how you're looking at it. But certainly, as an individual who might be living and working here, not necessarily um, working for one of those organizations, uh, certainly would have a different look. Um, now, in terms of what they're proposing for, for the Lethbridge, is just uh, the, the county as well as the city. Uh, Lethbridge will be the, outside of Medicine Hat, the only major city that uh, would not be divided. If you look at uh, all the other communities, whether it's um, if it's it's Lethbridge or not Lethbridge, but Calgary and Edmonton, all those major communities are, are, are divided, and that's because of the population. So there is some impact there, and <clears throat> I don't know. You said the growth in Lethbridge is is pretty slow. Um, it's a, I'm sure it's slower in Medicine Hat. The last census, we only increased uh, 87 people in the city of Medicine Hat. That's pretty small in terms of what um, probably should be. Hi. Thank you very much for coming today. Um, you mentioned community of identity. And um, I'm from Lethbridge. Thank you. I'm from Lethbridge. So uh, community of identity. I'm kind of feeling out with this Hillier business and anyway, the way my take on it is I'm feeling left out of this community of identity. And that is why I really want to see the boundaries changed to kind of stir up this community of identity because some of us are feeling left out of that. And we're, we're, I don't think it's good for democracy if, um, if you have too strong of a community of identity. You know, this is Canada, and I want people of all kinds of different backgrounds to feel that they're part of the process. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And I couldn't agree more. Actually, um, when I was elected, I, I decided a lot of people said, uh, do you want to be a minister? and Or do you want to be a, uh, a, um, a personal secretary to the, to the minister? And um, I said, no. What I want to do is to serve my community, not only the community of Medicine Hat, but all of the communities within the riding. I can tell you, I spend probably uh, on my vehicle somewhere around thirty to 35,000 kilometers a year. And, th and that's in a 
sort of more like a six-month period because I'm in Ottawa half of the year. And, and I spend that running up and down the highway, going to the various communities, coming to the events, uh, making announcements, holding town hall meetings. To me, um, what I'm doing is trying to serve not only the city of Medicine Hat, which is the major population, but to also include every community where I have an opportunity to go to and meet. And um, so I, I'll, I'll go to the smallest communities. Like I've, I've been to Barnwell, I've been to Empress, I've been to Enchant, I've been to Rainier. All of these smaller communities, I go to all of those. And it's because of what I see as a need to, to work together, not only with the city of Medicine Hat, but with all of the communities. And certainly the councillors, the mayors, the Reeves, all of those individuals. And, and I think that's, um, from my point of view, that's the most important thing I can do as a member of parliament. Thank you for your comments and for your commitment to, uh, to your riding and going to those different places. I wish we could say the same thing about our MP present in Lethbridge. However, uh, I have a question about the bow riding. Um, I don't have an impression about where it goes to and, and who is it, a totally new riding or is there an MP already from there? It will be a totally new riding and it, it'll, uh, depending if they change it or not, um, but currently if, if they don't change it, it would include, include Tabor, the MD of Tabor and all the way up to um, Chestermere. So and there is no member of parliament there, so this is a brand new riding. So does it go west at all? Like, uh, um, well, it, it comes close to Calgary, but um, the Foothills riding, which is actually the McLeod riding, okay, and Menzies. So they actually touch would boundaries. Butt up. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. and and also Lethbridge would touch boundaries with with the Bow River as well as uh, with the Foothills or, or Fort McLeod riding. Okay, yeah. And then, of course, obviously, medicine. So, in your proposed, you would be taking, you'd be adding, you're suggesting adding Cardston and Warner, the counties, to the bow riding. Is that, that correct? That was actually Jim's suggestion. Yeah. And I, and I didn't disagree with that, and he didn't disagree with me uh, taking on on uh, the county of Newell. So, so he basically we're just shifting those two. So he would have had to put a proposal in as well. Correct. Yeah. So every MP who wanted a change would have to put in their own proposal, even though they met with you. That's, yeah. that's correct. Actually, what's, what's happened is I understand that there are seven uh, members of parliament in Alberta who put in objections, filed objections, mm -hmm. based on the boundaries and, and maybe some name change as well. But um, as I understand, I talked to one of my colleagues uh, last week, and he indicated that there were five members in the north that got together, they didn't like the boundaries, and so they actually worked together and come up with an alternate plan, which they were giving to the, the PROC committee, mm -hmm. and, and see where that goes from there. And of course, Jim and I were on with the PROC committee at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what were they calling the your new riding, your realigned riding that they were pr proposing, what were they calling it? Well, the commission called it Medicine Hat. Oh, Okay. And I'm proposing we call it Badlands Medicine at Brooks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. My name, my name is Blaine Thacker, and uh, I had 15 years down in, in Ottawa, several uh, reorganizations. The interesting thing for you to be thinking about, though, and watching for is that because of the new boundaries, each of the political parties now have to reorganize themselves 
and they'll lose support and have new boundaries and all of that. Uh, do you see that as being a very interesting part? Because, of course, anybody who can win the nomination in Lethbridge is much easier at Medicine Hat. Uh, Medicine Hat, 60-some percent. We're over, what, about 84 percent here in Lethbridge. So whoever is going to be the, the uh, candidate will have to fight for it, and there's going to be some interesting battles over selling memberships, changing boundaries. So that's what you should watch for. Uh, thank you for those comments, Blaine. I understand that you, you've had the travel route as well uh, for, for many years back and forth. So, uh, And it's, um, I'm sure you understand that it's, it's, uh, a lot of people think flying back and forth is a lot of fun. It was for the first two weeks. After that, it got pretty boring, I can tell you that. And, um, and I, I'm sure Blaine would uh, attest, you're, because uh, you're living in Lethbridge or you're living in Medicine Hat, it takes you eight hours door to door. Um, or if the weather's bad, it takes a lot longer. So, um, and you're absolutely right. Um, the, once the boundaries have been reestablished, then every party will have to start with a new process in terms of setting up an uh, electoral district association as well as, as the nomination process uh, for, for their various candidates. And so this is just sort of one step on the road here until that's a defined um, It'll take a little bit of time, and, and uh, certainly lots of work coming up. Hi, my name is Knut Peterson. Uh, I actually wrote the uh, abstract for your session, and it says in here, and my, I might be wrong, uh, Kirsten would join an expanded Foothills constituency. Is that is there any truth to that? No. No. It would okay. join the Bow River. So I'm wrong on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The blood reserve would also stay with the, with that, would yes. it not? But the uh, Picany, uh, Picany Nation would go with the foothills, right? I think that's correct. Bro yes. And Brock. I wasn't paying too much attention to the okay. to, to that side of it. I was I was concentrating my efforts on on the medicine hat piece. Okay. Uh, my real question is, uh, what's your feelings on? There's been some controversy in Saskatchewan. If a city is big enough to sustain the numbers game, uh, is there any reason why they should be split up and mixed with rural ridings? Well, um, that's a good question. I, I may have answered part of that is when I talked about uh, Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, and there could be similar, similar rationale for, for doing that. Um, as I said, Lethbridge right now, under the new proposed, would be the only sort of major city that is not going to be split. And um, I don't know enough about Saskatchewan, so I, I'm not sure what their rides. I have been paying attention to them. I just know that they they got a process that they're going through as well. And uh, it, it won't be a whole lot different than the process that uh, Alberta went through. I, I know that doesn't answer your question appropriately, but... Since nobody else is asking any questions here, I, I would like to comment on, or maybe ask a question about a little more political. Uh, you were one of the few who stood up and was counted when it came to uh, opposing the Nixon deal. 
can you tell us a little bit about that? If you, if there was any ramifications to to be had by you for speaking up? Uh, thank you for that question. That's a, a good question. And uh, um, as indicated, there was myself and two of my colleagues that uh, had written to the minister and addressed the concerns of our constituents and, in terms of the deal of CNOC and, and Nexon. And um, that I wrote that letter, I think it was in, in the fall. Uh, I don't have a, have a copy handy, but uh, the interesting piece is that I never heard anything from anybody other than CBC about two weeks ago who called me and asked me about the letter because as I understand, and I don't know for certain, but they tell me that through access of information, they got a copy of the letter that I sent to, to the minister's office. And so that's fine. I, I got no problem with that. So um, I, I did a CBC interview um, out of Calgary and um, they asked me a number of questions and and as I said, I, I was raising concerns that I heard from the citizens and they wanted me to do something. As a member of parliament, that's your job, is to raise those questions um, with with uh, the prime minister and with the minister of uh, uh, industry uh, at the time. And so I have no regrets. I never heard from the PMO, actually. Um, so, cause, and they were quite surprised. Now... I know, and, and Blaine can attest to this, I'm sure, that when you're in caucus, that's all confidential, but members of parliament um, speak up all the time. There are some who get up all the time, <laughs> and I find that quite annoying, but when I get up, I, I want to make sure that I'm making a point, and so I have no, no concerns about getting up and telling the prime minister what I think about certain, certain issues of the day, and um, and I've done that on numerous occasions, and I have never once um, had the prime minister sort of cut me off or or um, get angry or say anything nasty. Um, we do have a sixty-second time limit, so you've got to get your your information out uh, right away. So I know that uh, members get up um, all the time and in in national caucus as well as Alberta caucus and voice their concerns. Now, everything in there is, is definitely confidential, but that's a, a general thing that um, I can tell you that happens. And um, so if, if uh, constituents want, want me to write a letter or they have some major concerns and I get a lot of these issues, I have no qualms about writing a letter to the minister or to the prime minister. Um, somehow, to me, that seems like I'm doing my job and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, that's refreshing to hear. Any more questions? Okay, one more here. We have a few more minutes. My name is Mark Gettle. So, uh, 130 new MPs. Blaine, sort of... Uh, 30. 30. 30, 30, MPs. 30 or 30 more MPs. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, that's about half a million dollars per MP, Blaine suggests. So, that's adding about uh, $15 million uh, a year to the cost uh, to the taxpayers. So, you know, when do you think we're going to stop adding MPs and maybe uh, redistributing the, uh, the the boundaries rather than adding more MPs? Yeah, that, that's a, a really good question. Um, I, I, I suspect that this could be the last one. Uh, the, the major problem is, of course, is 
If you look at uh, PEI, for example, PEI has four members of parliament and four senators uh, with a population that is somewhere around a quarter million people. Now, you cannot take those away under the Constitution. The same thing with Saskatchewan, and I think there's some other provinces as well. So the problem there is, is trying to get that realignment, and um, I suspect that potentially uh, in the future, at least I would hope in the future, that those numbers, instead of 107,000, it might go back to 120,000 or, or whatever, um, because you certainly can't continue to add members of parliament. Terry Shillington again. Um, yeah, just... Um, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, building on Knut's uh, uh, question about uh, flowing against the, the party stream, uh, would you care to comment on the practice of the last two budgets of wrapping them up in omnibus bills that uh, include a, a, a package of items that have very little to do with the budget itself? Yes. I'd be interested uh, in hearing I, your opinion. Yep. I, I, uh, I certainly have heard uh, a few comments about that. Not as many as I would thought I would have, but um, what happens is there's so many acts that need updating, and I think that the rationale for, for doing some of that under one big budget bill is to try and move some of that legislation forward. Otherwise, it might be another 100 years before we change some of those acts, like the Navigation Act and the Fisheries Act and a number of those, and they need to be updated. And... Otherwise, it, it takes – it could take uh, maybe a year. And particularly if you're in a minority, uh, to get some of that stuff changed, it's almost impossible to do. And so as a majority, uh, I think um, the prime minister has, has, and, and his cabinet are trying to make sure a lot of those old, outdated acts are updated to, to make them more current and more applicable to today's society and, and what's going on. Okay. Oh. Uh. Lavar, I wanted to uh, bring the feelings of this riding to you because on this issue, uh, people feel very strongly. And, uh, well, I just wanted to get your feelings on that matter. I'm sorry my mind isn't so solid anymore. Um, so I, I withdraw my question, <laughs> whatever it might have been. <laughs> okay. Well, um. okay, I think that will wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 you took my question, Newt, so I'm, I'm not going to. I was commenting uh, on the, uh, on the uh, issue around the uh, takeover of the oil company by the Chinese-backed uh, state company. So that, that question, but I think, and I just would like your overall comments. You've commented several times on the role of the, of the as a member of parliament. And I know talking to you before the meeting started, uh, you commented on the parts of the job that you, you do enjoy. And I think a lot of people often don't understand what the role of the MP is in representing all the constituents of all parties. So maybe just make a broad comment on that. Uh, thank you, Bob. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, every, every MP decides what, what they want to do, whether they want to get into legislation, they want to become a minister. I had none of those aspirations. To me, um, the best thing I can do is serve my communities, serve my constituents. And so that's what I do. And, and uh, I, I travel up and down the riding. I put tons of miles on. And uh, 
we were talking earlier about um, getting 10 bucks an hour for doing your work, and, and that's probably about what I'm getting because I put anywhere from 12 to 14 hours a day in, and um, I'm, I'm working six and a half days a week. I, um, I usually, depending on when my house duty is, I'll fly home on a Thursday night or, or Friday morning. And if I fly Friday morning, I have to drive from, from uh, Calgary to Medicine Hat because I can beat the plane. Uh, on a three-hour drive, I can be in Medicine Hat before the plane arrives. And then I've got events to do on Friday night and, and meetings on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, I take it off. I go to church, and then I have lunch. Uh, and then I go catch the plane and back at it. And when I'm in Ottawa, it's um, I'm, I'm sitting on the two committees, and certainly there's preparation work to be done there. Plus, it never ends. Phone calls, emails, and letters to respond to your constituents. And so to me, that's the most important thing I can do. And helping constituents, I, I have some uh, some great stories where I've been able to, to help uh, a constituent. And it's just totally amazing. It's so gratifying. This may be the last question. I, I just wonder, since you're talking about time commitment and all that kind of stuff, uh, could you give us your personal feelings about the Senate? We've had a few stories lately that uh, not in favor of uh, people's opinion regarding that chamber. Uh, could you give us uh, your personal opinion about the Senate? Sure. But uh, just before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit of a story here. When I was first elected in, in the fall of 08, and I ended up hiring a staffer who had been on the Hill for a long time. And you might recall uh, Raheem Jaffer and uh, Helena Gurgis. And you may recall that she provided him with a, a cell phone on her budget. Well, my staff member when I got hired, or when I went to Ottawa, suggested, oh yes, MPs do this all the time, and you should get one for your wife. And I said, let me think about that. So the next day I came back and I said, no, I'm going to buy her own phone. I'm not going to be using House of Commons um, money that uh, belongs to the House for my own personal use. So um, that leads me into the Senate. Now, it uh, appears that some, maybe some senators, I, I don't have the details, may have taken advantage of, of those things. And I can tell you, there's been members of the House of Commons um, uh, that have taken advantage of that, that uh, tax-free money that they get for housing allowance. Uh, and some of the stories I've heard, and, and um, you know, it's not just one party, uh, it's all parties, including... Um, the NDP and the Liberals, and and the Bloc, uh, as well as our, our guys, I guess. Anyway, um, I just find that totally disgusting that they would actually do that if, if in fact, they're not entitled to that. I, I have a residence in Medicine Hat, and, yeah, I get funding for my apartment in Ottawa, and that's that's legit because I'm I need to have two locations. I can either live in a hotel or I can, I can rent an apartment. But um, taking something that is not appropriate is, is totally wrong, and uh, I, w I don't support that. Now, in terms of the Senate itself, I believe that they do some really good work. 
So I, I think that they, they need to do some reforming. I know in the House that they've really gone over over expenditures. Like sometimes it's amazing that, you know, they, they look at my signature and they say, oh, that's not you. And I say, what? I'm the only one that signs those things. So, so sometimes you've got to re-sign and some of the things they, they ask you for. Let me give you an example of, of something. Um, we had one of our constituents uh, um, who was in the military in the reserves in, in Medicine Hat. Went over to Af Afghanistan and was, uh, was killed. So I arranged for a, um, a Peace Tower flag. So I got the flag and I had it boxed up beautifully and uh, I presented it to the parents. And it was, I don't know, four or five hundred dollars to get this done up very nicely. Anyway, I, I had it done and I presented it to him. Of course, then I thought I should be able to bill for this because it's a constituent, it's the, the folks. And they said, no, a hundred bucks. I said, fine, give me the hundred bucks, I'll pay the rest myself. But that's the kind of thing that uh, makes you wonder. Um, you know, for example, I can give you some uh, lots of other examples like the, the ethics commissioner. They suggest that um, I could be bought for a $20 bottle of wine. Uh, give your head a shake. I mean, 20 bucks? $20 for a meal? I don't think so. I, I, I can't uh, sell my vote. I don't know. Does that help? Thank you very much. And I, I don't normally do this, but I want to tell one other story because it fits in very well. Uh, being from Saskatchewan and being from Diefenbaker country, I remember years ago when John Diefenbaker was, had announced his retirement and uh, decided to go on a, a sort of a European tour. You know, the heads of state often do that or, or heads of government do that at the end of their tenure. And so he took off to Europe, and he took his wife, Olive, and his brother, George. And he paid for Olive and George's ticket himself. Uh, contrast that today with uh, how things are done. Very interesting times. So thank you again, LeVar, very much, and uh, thank you all for being here.